I don't want to mess anything up. I've been a nervous wreck all evening. I feel so unworthy any time to stand in this pulpit. And then there's times like these, and they're having a great meeting, and then they ask you to come be a part of it, and you're scared to death. Lord, what if it goes south tonight? Everybody will think it's my fault. I told Jennifer on the way over here, I said, Honey, it can't be my fault because I want to go to a meeting as much as they do. But I'm going to be honest with you tonight. The Lord has laid a very important message upon my heart. I don't think I've ever preached along these lines. Now, it's going to be different than my normal style of preaching, I guess you would say, or how we would normally preach. And it's, I ain't got no stories to tell. I ain't got nothing like that. It's 100% Bible. But God has got so much on my heart tonight that I want to share with you. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to John chapter 15. That's where we'll jump in at, but we probably won't be far long. You don't have to stand tonight. I, I honor that you want to do that, but I'm just going to read the Scripture and have a word of prayer. And then I'll try to share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart. This is very, very serious message tonight. Very serious to me. I hope and pray that I can deliver this in such a way that it'll be received. That part's up to you. I don't know if I'll shout or run. or I don't know if I'll even be able to lift up my voice tonight, but I, I want what God wants, and I want to do what He wants. So you pray with us and you pray for us. The Bible says in John chapter 15, starting in verse number 12, he said, this is my commandment. That you love one another. Now, if you can get a hold of this, and you can do anything with this right here, you might be able to help me. He said, as I have loved you, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now listen to verse 14. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Jesus gave us one thing to do. Everything else will fall under this one thing. And I want to preach tonight, if I can have your attention, teach, talk, whatever. If God will be my helper on this thought, there might be a few giggles till we get past the thought that the Lord's laid on my heart because it's serious. How's your love life? Now, God knows my heart. I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, 
Nothing like that. But how's your love life? Father, Lord, as we bow, God, tonight in your presence, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to be in your house. God, I come before you as humbly, Lord, as I know how. And God, I ask you, Lord, to help me, God, one more time. Lord, I realize tonight, God, that I'm nothing, Lord, without you. God, there's been so many times, Lord, I've tried to do things of my own, God. I've tried to preach in the flesh. I've tried to put on somewhat of a show or a spectacle, God. But, Lord, we don't need that tonight. God, we don't need enticing words with man's wisdom, God. We don't need, Father, uh, Lord, strong fleshly actions tonight. God, what we need, Lord, is your spirit and your power and your presence. Lord, I thank you for being in this place. I thank you for the singing, God, that's been done. Lord, I pray, God, for a few moments, Lord, that you would anoint these lips of clay. And, Lord, that you would help me, God, to preach, Lord, unto your people. I pray, God, tonight that the message, Lord, would be powerful. I pray tonight, God, that it would hit them like it's hit me. I pray, God, that we would open our hearts tonight and receive that which you have for us. Father, for we ask you these things this evening in Jesus' name. Lord, anoint these lips of clay and allow me to say only what you'd have me to say and nothing else. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Now, he said this tonight. He said that you love one another as I have loved you. I want to ask you this question tonight. How is your love life? Now, the love life works in two ways. First of all, it works like this, between you and Him. It's up and down. How is your love life between you and God? How intimate, how close tonight are you with the Lord this evening? And, and if this love life is right between you and God, then this love life will be right, right here, between you and your fellow man. But I can promise you one thing tonight, just as clearly as I can look you in the eye, and I can promise you one thing, that if this love life ain't right, then this love life is not right. I can promise you that. There's a lot of people today that are so deceived. They think that they're just as right as they can be with God when they're not in fellowship with their fellow man when they don't care about their brothers and sisters, when they don't even pray for their enemies and those that despitefully use them. We have tonight commandments from the Lord. So if God will be my helper now, I'm going to go through some scripture and I've got a lot to go to, so I'm not expecting you to go with me, but I want to give you what the Lord give me. And I had to write a bunch of this down, but I promise you this morning about 9 or 10 o'clock in my study, God was there. So God is in this, amen. The Bible says, I want to talk about the Son's love for a minute. Here in John chapter 15 and verse number 13, the Bible teaches us that Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now this was prior to Jesus going to the cross. But this is the Son's love. He knew where He was headed. He knew what He would do. And I believe tonight the ultimate sacrifice of love is that somebody would give their life for another. Oh, I 
I thank God for our veterans. I was looking at that flag tonight and that did not come free, my friend. Amen. There were people that gave their life for even the liberty that we have here tonight to be able to assemble in this place and to be able to pray out loud and carry the Bible, the Word of God and to fellowship and congregate like this and to preach on Facebook and on the internet. I thank God for that freedom and it came with a price but my friend the love of God come with a much greater price our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ there that day on Calvary he gave it all my friend he shed every drop of blood that he had he was beaten he was ridiculed he was mocked and persecuted they plucked his beard they plaited a crown of thorns and placed it upon his head and smote him with a reed my friend the Savior loves you tonight. The Savior loves me. The Bible says this in Romans 5, 7 and 8. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet for adventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Listen to verse number 8. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Christ loved you so much that He was willing to go to the cross and to die even while you were a sinner. He died for you and He loved you. Listen to this in Philippians 2 and verse number 8. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What do you mean, preacher? Well, I want to explain this to you. Christ was God, but He also became a man. He also had temptations like we do and when he was nearly to the cross he was in the garden of Gethsemane and Judas had already went out to betray him the Bible teaches us that he asked the disciples to pray with him to watch him pray for one hour and they fell asleep but while they were sleeping the Bible teaches us that Jesus got down and agonized he prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood and the Bible teaches us that he prayed this prayer. He said, Oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will, but thy will. Praise God, he became obedient even under the death of the cross. He was our only hope tonight. He's the only one that could have went to Calvary. It's the Son's love. But I want you to look tonight Praise God in Romans 5.19. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. It's the Son's love. But I want to look at God's love. The Bible says this in John 3.16. You know it wasn't all just Jesus, amen. The God of heaven. The Bible said for God so loved the world, amen, that He gave His only begotten Son. God allowed His Son, amen, to come and so like no other that God that everybody thinks is so hateful and mean that God that people thinks is sitting on a throne in heaven waiting to zap you if you do wrong that God that everybody thinks wants to annihilate everybody that God right there one day he said hey hey son I need you to go I need you to go down to earth and the Bible said that he became flesh and dwelt amongst us that God that people 
people have such an awful idea of. He's a loving God. And the Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. And then it goes on to say, God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's the love of God. We've got the Son's love. We've got God's love. And I thank God for that tonight. And tonight if we know and understand that God loves us and gave His Son and we also see how much Jesus loves us and died for us, then that should produce... God told me this this morning. If we really know the love of God and we've really experienced the love of God... That should produce inside of us. I'm talking about an unstoppable love. I'm talking about something that ain't fleshly, something that ain't carnal, something that don't even make sense. Amen. I went by and visited my father yesterday. My my real father, my dad, he's a Bible scholar. I mean, he studies the Bible all the time. Probably reads the Bible more than anybody I know. And you know what he told me yesterday? He said, son, he said, I've got a built-in forgiver. He said, I just can't help but forgive people. He said, I can't stay mad. I can't stay angry. He said, I don't care what they do to me. He said, I have to forgive. You know why? Because the love of God has been shed abroad in his heart. I'm glad tonight I've got a built-in forgiver too. Praise God, the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. If we know tonight how much God loves us and the Son loves us, it ought to create and produce inside of us an unstoppable love an unstoppable love for fallen man we don't have a burden for sinners like we ought to have I seen a girl walking uh, down the side of the interstate this evening and it broke my heart I had to whisper a prayer out for her I said honey I hate to see somebody walking down the side of the four lane she was going the other way we were going this way had her little backpack on and my heart broke. You want to know why? Because I've been there. I've been homeless. I've been helpless. I've been hopeless. But praise God, Jesus came and showed me the love of God and He changed me. And praise God, now when I see somebody in that condition, my heart breaks for them. Do you realize tonight, hey man, I don't want you to try this, but I don't believe you can make me mad tonight. Praise God, I've got a built-in for giver. I'll tell you, I've had a few people over the years and they've really tried that thing right there. I mean, they've pushed a few buttons. But when the love of God is inside of you, my friend, it's life changing. I'm telling you, it's an amazing love. It's a wonderful love. It's a powerful love. And there's no other love like it. All here tonight, if you've never been saved, you don't know anything about this love. The Bible teaches us that it's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to salvation. My friend, I had the different professions. I had the wanting to get saved because everybody else was. I had the going to the altar because my buddy did. I had the jailhouse scared to death. I even knew I was going to hell. But my friend, it was the love of God that won me over. As a 26-year-old man, it was the goodness of God that led me to repentance. Praise God when I saw Jesus. 
Jesus hanging on that cross for my sins and I realized how much that he loved me and he was willing to forgive me even as bad as I had been oh praise God there's nothing like the blood of God and the blood of Jesus tonight can wash away any sin it can make the most vilest sinner clean I don't care tonight where you've been what you've done what you've thought how you've acted I don't care tonight I promise you it's not greater than the blood of Jesus amen now that establishes tonight this love line I promise you tonight if it's good this way it's going to be good this way and if it ain't good this way and do you notice that this right here makes a cross I was thinking about that today if it's good this way then it'll be good this way And if it ain't good this way, there is no way you are deceived. If it's not good this way, and you think it's good this way, you are deceived, I promise you. They may be people out there that you've went to and asked to forgive you. They may be people that you've tried to show love and they've cussed you out and they've said, leave me alone. They've said, get away from me. But you still love them. You're not mad at them. You're not hateful. You're not angry. You're not bitter. If the love life's right, praise God, I'm telling you tonight, I know there's some hard situations. I know we come out of some hard things. I know we go through some hard things. You're looking at a man that was bitter and unforgiving and angry for 26 years I carried that old stuff around with me really to be honest with you I carried it even after I got saved God done a miracle work in my life when I got saved but it took a while he had to work on a few things and get them on out of my life I'm still not perfect here tonight I'm still not exactly where I ought to be but I'm glad tonight praise God that he's still working on me Ephesians chapter number 4. Now this is where the rubber meets the road. And I promise I'm about to give you the Word of God. I don't want anything else. That's what I want and I hope you want it because that's what you're about to get. Ephesians chapter 24. Or chapter number 4 starting in verse number 22. The Bible says this. Now I'm asking you tonight, I'm preaching on how's your love life? How you doing in the love department? The Bible says this, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Boy, that'd be a good thing for Christians to learn, wouldn't it? I know what happens when we get angry. Most of the time we get a broke toe because we kick something we ought not be kicking. Most time they winds up a hole in the wall because we throwed something we shouldn't have been throwing. Most of the time our hand hurts because we ride back and hit something we shouldn't have been hitting. 
Most of the time we slip our tongue and say things that we shouldn't say. But I promise you tonight if your love life's right and it's right between you and Him, when these things come we can fall down. We can ask God to help us. And if your love life is right, there'll be nothing come over you that's too great for the grace of Jesus. Now listen to this tonight. He said, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. He gives you a whole day to make it right. Amen. Ain't that good? He don't expect you the second your wife back talks you. Amen. To just turn around and say, Boy, I love you, honey. I'm so glad you talked to me like that. No. Go outside. Walk around. Pray. Cool down. But he said, don't let the sun set on your wrath. Right, Come back in and say, honey, I'm a miserable wretch. I'm sorry that I upset you. Will you forgive me? God help us. You can ask Miss Odell after church how I'm doing on this one. I'm trying. I'm really trying to pray about things. And I've noticed if this right here ain't right, this ain't right between me and her. I've noticed it ain't right between me and Caitlin. I can't love my daughter the way I'm supposed to love her if this ain't right. I can't do it. I can't love my friends. I can't love my church family the way I'm supposed to if this ain't right. You've got to have your love life right. He commanded us one thing. One thing He gave us. And most people fail miserably at it. That you love one another as I have loved you. What did he tell us husbands? He said to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Is that the way we're loving our wives tonight, husbands? Wives, are you honoring and loving your husbands back in a like so manner? Submitting yourselves unto them. Listen to this. In the Lord. When you submit to your husband, it ain't that you're just cowering down to him. It's that you are to the Lord. You're doing what God asked you to do. He said submitting yourselves unto him in the Lord. It's the way God designed it and set it up. We're to love our wives, I mean with an unstoppable love. Now listen to this. Neither give place to the devil. How many times do we allow the devil to come in? Old preacher Crow, he's gone now. I remember old brother Danny, I heard him say many times, he'd get up and tell his church folk, Barbara, you've probably heard this, I'd say you have, Ira. He'd talk about it, he said, my people, they whine all week. That old devil's been riding my back. He said, why don't you take the saddle off, amen. We give place to the devil. We allow him in our lives. He can't cross the bloodline tonight. Praise God. Step back. Look him in the eye and say, There's the blood. Lord, you deal with him. Michael the archangel wouldn't argue with him. He said, The Lord rebuked thee. I'm trying to learn in my life to turn that devil over to God because I can't do nothing with him, but he can't do nothing with my God. Let him that stole steal no more, 
but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. This is all dealing with love. Ever bit of this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I'm telling you, I've been trying to stop myself dead in my tracks. Because I don't know about you. I'll make a little preacher confession here. But sometimes I I get caught up in talking about my brethren. I don't know why they sung five songs. They'd been better off if they stopped at three. I don't know why they want to have Bible school that week. I don't want to know why they want to do this. I, I don't know why they want to have a, a meeting this week and come out Monday night and Tuesday night. They expect me to be there and I'm tired and, and we want to talk about what people are doing that are trying to serve God, that are trying their best. I believe tonight that if we ain't got something good to say, he said, let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of your mouth. He said, but rather that which is edifying. Do you know what that means? That's encouraging. That's building up. But I'll tell you what, we like to tear down, don't we? Ain't it easier to sit back and do nothing and try to tear somebody else down than to build them up and to praise God? I'm trying my best. I stopped in a conversation today and I said, no, hold on a minute. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying not to talk about anybody. And that person told me, they said, well that person you was talking about's done dead and gone. I said, it don't matter. I said, I don't want to talk about anybody. And I wasn't saying nothing just bad. But that's the excuse we make, don't we? You know what we say? You tell me if this ain't right. Well, it was the truth. All right, let me ask you. Did it edify anybody? Did it help one thing? What about praying about it? What about talking to God? Boy, if we'd spend as much time, amen, praying about these problems, I'll be honest with you, if Christians spend as much time on their knees talking to God about the troubles of the world as we do talking to one another and blabbing our mouths about everything that's going on in the world, my friend, we'd see some things go to happening. I'm telling you, God would send a soul-shaking, heaven-sent, sin-killing, Holy Ghost revival to this land. I'm telling you, my God ain't dead the church ain't dead this thing ain't over I ain't through I ain't quitting yet praise God I'm going to keep on keeping on amen and I'm going to try my best to become a better Christian the further this thing goes I'm going to try my best to get closer to God he said in his word draw nine to me and I'll draw nine to you submit yourselves therefore unto God and resist the devil and he will flee from you cleanse your hands you sinners and Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter turn to mourning and your joy unto heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. A praise be unto God tonight. I'm glad that God is still helping His people. Amen. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Is my conversation seasoned with grace? Is it helping anybody? 
Am I productive in my talk? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed under the day of redemption. Boy, I'm thankful I'm sealed with the Spirit. Now, it may be different for you. I don't think so. You let me know after church if it is, but I ain't never done nothing wrong since I've been saved. What he didn't tell me beforehand. See, I'm sealed with the Spirit. And I know God speaks to me. He's inside of me. He'll say, better not do that. Shouldn't say that. Stop right here. Don't go there. Don't look at that. That's the Spirit of God. We're sealed with that. If you're saved tonight, you're sealed with that. Thank God for that. That's the most precious thing that you could ever have in this walk of life. That is your built-in GPS. Amen. That right there is going to get you home. It's going to take you home. We're sealed with the earnest expectation of our inheritance. Praise God. I'm thankful tonight for the Spirit of God. He leads me. He guides me. He corrects me. He reproves me. Sometimes He's gentle. Sometimes He comes on strong. Oh, praise God for the Spirit of God. I promise you tonight He'll never lead you to do anything arrogant, hateful, or mean. I promise you that tonight. He will never. If you've done that, that is of your flesh. My Bible tells me that the fruits of the Spirit are such things as love, peace, kindness, temperance, patience, joy, long-suffering, meekness, things like that. Not arrogance. Not hatefulness, not bitterness, not pride. Those are not fruits of the Spirit. Those are things that our flesh does. God help us. Every one of those fruits of the Spirit is produced by nothing less than love. If you learn to be patient with somebody, it'll be because you love them. If you learn to be meek with somebody, it'll be because you love them. If you have joy, it'll be because you love. If you have peace, it'll be because you love. If you have temperance, all these things, kindness, all these things, long-suffering, forbearing, it's because of love, amen. Because of that love that comes from God and Him alone that's inside of you when you get born again. We actually have to grieve it. We actually have to stop it. We actually have to quench it to not do it. Let all, listen to this, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That anger, clamor and evil speaking, you know what that is? That's hollering, yelling. I mean, that's just rearing back, having a knockdown drag out there in the living room, right in front of your children. I mean, just letting her rip. Well, you said you was going to do this. What happened to that money in the bank account? Why'd you do this? Where was you at? Why'd you go here? Why wasn't you there when I called you? I mean, just letting her rip. Angry, evil, speaking, loud, clamor. Boy, I tell you, it terrifies the children. It ain't good for youngins to be raised up in that mess. The Bible says they should be raised up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That admonition is a gentle teaching. I want you to know tonight, I remember how it was to be young. Don't you think that there wasn't a few knockdown dragouts went around our house? Amen. Mostly my fault. Mostly. Amen. 
Bless him, Lord. The truth is tonight, if you love life right, you'll quit that mess. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And boy, 32 is where it's at. Be ye kind one to another. Why would you want to do that? If you love life right, you will. Tender hearted. Oh, we don't want to be like that. We've been taught to be tough. Ain't what the Word of God says. We've been taught to be proud. That's what fleshly fathers teach their sons. Son, you got to be tough. Son, you got to be proud. Take pride in that. And that's, that's good stuff to a certain extent. But God said, the Father, our Father, He said, Son, you got to be tender hearted. You got to be willing to forgive. You got to be kind. He said, Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sakes, hath forgiven you. So why would we forgive somebody that's done us wrong? Because God forgave us for all the wrong we've done. How can you hold wrongdoing over somebody's head when God has forgiven you of everything that you've ever done, everything you could ever do, everything you will ever do? It's under the blood if you'll just confess it to Him. And we want to be like that unjust judge. Amen. And, and we want to hold something against somebody. He said he'll be merciful unto them that shows mercy. It's going to come time in your life you're going to need mercy. It may be laying in the hospital bed. It may be in the back of an ambulance. It may be upside down below the bank hanging by your seatbelt. There come a time in your life you're going to need some mercy. You're going to thank him back about them times when you didn't show anybody else any. Where's the love at? How's your love life? Jump back to verse number 15. The Bible says this, but speaking the truth in love. We've got to learn how to talk to one another. I've noticed that even in the church family, half the time we don't talk to each other right. And I know in our own families, we don't talk to each other right. But he said, speaking the truth and love, there's times that you're going to have to reprove somebody and say, this ain't right what you're doing, but learn to do it in love with tears and compassion. I promise you it'll make the difference. Jump ahead to chapter number 5. Chapter number 5, verse number 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. What's it say? And walk in love. How's your love life? Are you speaking the truth in love? Are you walking in love? Can somebody tell down there at the workplace by your walk, by your talk, that you're full of love? Are you different in this world? Is your love life right? Walk in love, what's this say? As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness 
or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint. I'll not dwell on this long, but my friend, the Bible plainly teaches that if we have been saved, and we are trying to live for God, and we are walking in love, then we will not be caught in fornication and covetousness and these sins that the world is committing. If we're walking in love, we're going to do everything that we can to not hurt our fellow man, and to not hurt ourselves, and most importantly, to not hurt the testimony of God. The Bible goes on to say this, Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks. Do you know how many times in my life since I've been saved I've laughed at a situation? Boy, I tell you what we've come real comfortable doing here in 2022. We'll, we'll laugh at somebody that's living in a certain type of sin. And we'll make fun of it. And we'll make light of it. But do you know that the Bible teaches that only a fool mocketh at sin? Only a fool makes light of the way somebody's living? Only a fool will laugh at things as that? God help me, I've been convicted by that. I'm telling you tonight, we shouldn't even laugh at these things that people are doing. If we love them, we'll not think it's funny. We'll have a burden and be heartbroken. Over them. I walked in a meeting down in Georgia the other night. I've never been there before in my life. Never been to that place. Never been to that church. Actually, it wasn't a church. The meeting got so big, they had to move it to a gymnasium. Walked into that place. Hadn't been there just a few minutes. There's over 300 people sitting in chairs on the floor. I was sitting there, and God showed me a man. I mean a big old man. He was big. Had a ball cap on. Right there in the service. There's a bunch of people did. That's different to me. I'm not used to that. I'm trying to learn not to criticize things like that because some people don't know. And they, they just don't know better. You know what I mean? And, and in love, you've got to teach them and show But there he sat and he stood out to me. I'm telling you, God broke my heart for that man. I seen him, I never met him before in my life, didn't know him a bit more than nothing. It was somewhat similar to went on with the prayer request tonight. Boy, I tell you, God was eating me alive. I was praying for him. God said he's lost. I, I, I prayed I, I, three times in the service. I started to go to him. Just put my arms around him and tell him I love him and cry on his shoulder. I didn't even know him. He got up. Near, nearly the end, nearly the altar call, put his jacket on and started to go for the door. My flesh said, go. Go get him right now. Go talk to him. Ask him if he's saved and God constrained me. Man, I tell you, I, God just all he'd let me do was pray for him. That's all he'd let me do. Thank God he came back in. The, the, the service went to moving. God went to moving. The altar call came. I got down. Hey man, I crawled up and underneath that table in the floor. I went to praying. I didn't know his name. I just kept praying for old big boy. I said, God, save old big boy. I said, Lord, you've showed me he's lost. God, get a hold of him. Grab his heart. Touch him, Lord. I was broken for this man. I'd never seen him before in my life. I'm telling you, I heard a commotion and I looked up and he was going down to the altar. And praise God, they motioned for me. For 
first time that night. I didn't know anybody there. They motioned for me to come down front. I stood over to the side and I stood there and wept and prayed and cried as they prayed and led big boy to the Lord. Amen. I walked over there and I hugged him and there was tears coming down his cheeks. Praise God. Hallelujah. But right here's what I'm saying. What if I'd have walked in and I'd have said, oh, that sorry thing. What's he doing here with the ball cap on? He ought to know better than that. And I'd have just got hateful. I'd have just got arguing. Or what if I'd have went up there and there's a time in my ministry I'd have done this. I'd have jerked that old hat off there and said, we don't wear hats at church. What if I'd have done that? God give me a burden because of love. Thank God for love. How's your love life? I thank God somebody loved me. I thank God when I was in my sins, somebody prayed for me. I thank God they didn't give up on me. Praise God. Are you walking in love tonight? Listen to this. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes, listen to this, darkness but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. I promise you tonight, my friend, God will accept love. I promise you tonight, love will cover a multitude of sins. So says the Word of God. I promise you one thing tonight. There's two things that I know we've not done enough of. We've preached too much sometimes. We've sung too much sometimes. We've went too much sometimes. But we've never prayed too much. And we've never love too much and it's probably the two least things that we do God help I didn't even know I'd preach like this but speak the truth in love walk in love here's the trouble tonight and I feel like I'm preaching to the church the trouble is this most of us know how to love most of us have felt the love we know the love but here's what's happened it's a revelation two and four experience. He said to the church of Ephesus, he, boy, he bragged on them. He said, I've seen your patience and your good works. And yeah. boy, he told them all these things that you do. And he said, but I have somewhat against thee. Nevertheless, thou hast left thy first love. He said, you ain't loving like you used to. You're not in love with Jesus like you used to be. You're not in love with God like you used to be. And when you don't have that love life right, this love life is not right. It cannot be. And here tonight, I want to ask you, how long has it been since the good Spirit of God overcame you and the tears begin to flow and fall off your cheeks? How long has it been since you've been overcome with the 
goodness of God. That's probably my new favorite song. That little sister Amber Epinette, boy, I love to hear her sing that praise God. The goodness of God. I'm telling you, hey man, that song's got the goods on it. But God is a good God. He's a loving God. And if He's your God and my God, then we ought to be a loving people. But sometimes we've lost the love life. I'm trying to hurry, but I've got some more word to give you. Lord have mercy. Can I stop for just a second and say, I love this church. God done something up here. How long ago has it been? Nine years? Eight, seven? Son, He done something right here in my heart. And I'm thankful that God put this man here. I love him, and I love Young's, and I want what's best for Young's. I walk by and I see that little picture in the window. Every time I come, I stop and I look at old Danny. Boy, I remember him. I love to see him up here getting full of spirit, leading that choir. But you know what? God ain't forsook Young's because Danny's gone. He still loves Young's. Got a grandson playing the keys off a piano. <laughs> hey, man. Probably others around here I don't know about. Oh, Jesse's up here now leading the choir. I love to see that red beard and that big smile, son. Praise God. Praise God. God's good to you, old Savannah. He's good to you. He's given you a good man of God. You want to know why he did that? Because He loves you. I went by and seen a man yesterday I've been praying with and praying for. You know what his trouble is? Ira? March 14th, they've been one year without a pastor. He's burdened. He's broke. He lays on the altar and prays that God would send him a pastor. Let me tell you something tonight. Thank God for a good pastor. Not every preacher is a pastor. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not the best pastor. And I'm being honest about that. I'm really not. But I think that God has given you a good pastor. I think He loves you and He tries to lead you and He wants what's best for you. And God put this man here because He loves you. And you know what? It'll work at its fullest potential when you love Him and love His family, and youngs love each other, and youngs work together, and youngs come together on common ground in this book right here. Somebody might want blue carpet the next time, and somebody might want green. But I promise you, it ain't worth falling out over, praise God. Hey man, if you lose the vote, and it don't go your way, you know what? Don't stop loving. Just keep on keeping on, praise God. If they have Bible school or revival on your week to be on vacation, Amen. Praise God anyhow. Amen. Sometimes, hey, a pastor can't always please everybody. You know who he's got to please? He's got to please God. Amen. So you learn to love this man and support him. Now I'm going to move on. All of the commandments to love and the teachings in the book of 1 John. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to read them fast so you listen fast. Boy, I tell you, I thank God for the move that we had earlier tonight. 
Because I've probably killed this thing deader than four o'clock. It's all right. I ain't got to go home with nobody here but my wife, and she loves me. <laughs> Amen. First John, chapter number 3, verse 9, 10 and 11. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother, and abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I've seen some really good people over the years and they wouldn't admit it for nothing, but I'm telling you, they had a grudge. They were hateful. They were angry. They were bitter. Honey, the devil couldn't get along with them. Amen. I'm talking about church members. I'm talking about deacons. Amen. Once again, I don't even know who's a deacon here, so I'll shout on that one. Amen. I like it like that. I like not knowing nothing. I'm glad this pastor don't call me and tell me every trouble he's got. Listen to this. Chapter 3, verse number 11. I was probably in chapter 2 on that last one. I might have told you it's wrong. Chapter 2, verse number 3, verse number 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Skip down to verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Verse 15, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth I can tell you all day long I love you but if you have a need in your life and I'm not willing to help you the love of God is not in me I'll tell you you want to see a church on fire you want to see one productive you want to see one drawing sinners and people in you let a loving church amen Show the love of God in the community to people's needs and show them that you care about them. Show up in their circumstances. Show up in their situations. Be there when nobody else will be. And I promise you it'll make the difference. You may have a lot of funerals. They were preaching me to death over there in Andrews. I don't know a prophet hath no honor in his own country. I don't preach near as much in Robinsville. I don't guess they like me over there. I did preach four in one week here the other day, but I preached ten, ten funerals in one month over our, right before I left Junaluska. Ten funerals in one month. And I'm just a young preacher. But you know why that was? Son, I'd been pastoring there four years before I preached a funeral out of that church. These wasn't my people. You know why I was preaching all these funerals? Because I was out in that community. And you know what? I was the only preacher that a lot of them knew. 
because they were unchurched people. And I'd take my time to go by and knock on their door. And because I showed them love in their weakness, in their distress, they'd call on me. Now, to keep you busy when you love people. Sometimes it'll wear you out. But I've never seen God not provide. Way better to love in deed than in tongue and in word. Verse 23, And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Skip down to chapter 4, verse number 7. I'm giving you the word tonight. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Praise God right there. Herein is love. Now you think about this. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. How about this? We didn't love God first. He loved us first. What about these sinners? What about these backsliders? What about these unchurched people? What about these ones that's left angry? What about them tonight? Sometimes we got to love them first because they ain't going to love us. They're mad. They're angry. They're out of the will of God. Some of them hates life. Some of them hates living. Some of them's in miserable conditions. Man, we got to love people. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. His Spirit is love. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in Him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. I want to stop right there and say this what did he command us to do that you love one another as I have loved you what do you think we'll be judged by how we loved one another because I promise you he told us very plainly you can hang all the law and all the commandments on two things I promise you tonight If you love God and you love your neighbor, you ain't going to commit adultery. You ain't got to shout me down, but I promise you, you won't. If you love God and you love your neighbor, you ain't going to take your neighbor's wife. You ain't going to take your neighbor's husband. Good preaching, preacher. If you love God and you love your neighbor, you will not steal for something that he worked hard for. I promise you. If you love God and you love your neighbor, you're not going to gossip about him and run him down and talk about him. You'll pray for him. If you love God and you love your neighbor, you ain't going to tell a lie. You can put every commandment 
If you love God and you love your neighbor, you ain't going to kill nobody. Amen. You can put every commandment under it. That's why he said that. I know I preached a long time. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Boy, it's going to be a nerve right here. I've seen some people go through some hard things in this life. I've had people come talk to me about being abused as a child. I've had people come and lay on my shoulder and cry on my shoulder over an awful divorce that they've been through. How they were treated. Things that were happening. I've had people that's come to me and they've said, Preacher, you just don't understand what they've done. People that's been truly so hurt and so broken. And they didn't know what to do. One person even said it like this one time. They said, Preacher, if we forgive them, they said, that's like they're getting away with it, ain't it? No. No. When you learn to forgive, you're looking at a man that walked around with bitterness, hatred, and anger for years. It Eat me alive. I didn't do drugs because I like to get high. I done drugs to deal with what was going on in my mind and in my heart. I was so angry. And I would get to a place through drugs and alcohol, but I didn't think about that or feel that anymore. And Jesus, when He come in, He filled that void. And He helped take that away. He helped that bitterness. He gave me a heart to forgive. And I found out after all them years that it wasn't hurting nobody but me. I've had people come to me with tears and say, tell me awful things. Little, I mean grown women come to me and tell me things that their grandpa done to them when they was a little girl but with tears streaming down their cheeks, say, but I forgive him. And they would be so free in that. But there are some people tonight that are carrying so much baggage. You're hanging on to so much stuff and it is hurting nobody but you. When you forgive, it frees you up. It don't do nothing to that person. It's you that it helps. That person is going to be who they are, what they are, whether you forgive them or not. You've got to learn to forgive and pray. And praying heals over time. 
And love will cover a multitude of sins. Love conquers. Love heals. Love binds. Love makes perfect. Love casteth out all fear. There is nothing greater than love tonight. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him. But he who loveth God, love his brother also. I can't quit. I, I kind of want to stop. But God's still just eating me up right here. Could you come to the piano and play softly? I'm going to try to give you the rest of this real quick. Romans chapter 12 verse 9. The Bible says this, let love be without dissimulation. I know that's a big Bible word, but that means not to pretend. Don't be fake because God knows everything. Don't come to an altar, shed a few tears, say I forgive them and walk out of here more bitter than you've ever been. Love will conquer this thing. Love will overcome this thing. If you get this love life right here right, then you can get this one fixed. I promise you. It's not being fake. It's being genuine and real. Romans 12 and 14 says, Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Romans 12, 17 through 21. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. He said right here in verse 18, If it be possible... As much as life in you, he, that means with everything you've got, give it all you've got to live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, this is avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. Step back and take it. Don't get down on their level don't avenge yourself you step back the Bible says in one place that God knows how to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you my friend I promise you God can take better care of me and you than we can ourselves now I want to ask you something there ain't nobody here going to let anybody do their child just anyway you're going to get that child you're going to protect them and love them how much you think God loves us he's going to take care of his children let God learn to let God the Bible says for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay saith the Lord therefore if thine enemy hunger feed him oh we ain't supposed to just love our, our brethren and those at the church Oh, we ain't just supposed to love our immediate family. He said, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Now, I want to go just a touch deeper on that tonight. It's good to give somebody a candy bar and a Coca-Cola if they're out here sitting on the side of the road and they look like they got a little backpack on, they might be homeless. It's good to do things like that for people. But do you realize if we have enemies tonight that they're hungry and thirsty for things that wells of this world can't provide. They're hungry. 
for manna from heaven. They're thirsty for a drink of that water that you've been drinking from. And sometimes, even though they're our enemy, we might be the only one to offer it to them. So if they're hungry, give them a little word. Say, boy, I love you. I can tell you're having a bad day, but I, I want to tell you what the Bible says. I stopped the other night on the way to revival. It was pouring a monsoon flood. I walked many miles like that in my life. There was a man on the side of the road soaking wet, drenched to the bone. I pulled up beside him. I could tell he wasn't going to get on the truck because I was barely off the road on the four-lane cars coming, put my flashers on, and he walked up to the driver's side standing in the four-lane, looked at me with, I mean, a look that could kill. The window's down about that far. I said, get in. Let me give you a ride. It's following a flood. No. Hateful. No. Took off walking. I went up beside him and rolled down the window. He got out of the road. And I said, man, I said, I'd like to give you a ride, but I want you to know Jesus loves you. Now, he said something that I can't repeat here tonight when I pulled off. But I tried to feed him. If that man had told me he was hungry, there's a store about a half a mile away. I'd have bought him anything he wanted to eat. But I'd have fed him more than that. I'd have told him about a God in heaven that loved him. I'd offered him something to drink, a little spiritual water. My friend, I want you to know tonight that there's people out there and they're in dire need. The Bible says, For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on their head, on his head. Now, what you think that means tonight is not what that means. We think, man, God got them. Boy, he's putting it to them. It ain't like that. He'll start putting it on them so hard. They won't be able to get away from what you've done for them. They won't be able to get away from what you told them. It'll get so heavy and so hot on them, it'll be all they can think about. You say one man sows in another waters, but God gives the increase. God does that work. Be not overcome, verse 21, of evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm giving you everything God give me. I'm done on this one, I promise. Matthew chapter 5. I know it's been long, but I don't apologize. Because God gave me this message to share with you. He knew who would be here tonight. He knew who would not be. And I'm going to say this tonight. That some of our love lives have got cold. Boy, I don't know about you, but those of you that's married, I don't like it when it's too cold around the house. I don't like it when it gets cold between me and my wife. I don't like it when she ain't feeling good. I like to be able to walk up to her in the kitchen, put my arms around her, give her a little kiss and say, boy, honey, I love you. I like it when for no reason I'm sitting in the recliner and she'll just come over and lean over and give me a kiss and say, I love you. I like it whenever she sends me a little text through the day and I'll send her one and say, honey, I love you. Boy, I don't like it when it gets cold around the house. But tonight, maybe your love life between you and the Lord's cold, and that's why your love life with others is cold. Jesus said right here, 
Now, now I want to tell you this. We're living in the last days. Two great signs of it. Matthew chapter 24, he said, Iniquity would abound in the heart of many. What did he say? The love of others would be cold. This world's going to get meaner. That's what that means. Iniquity, lawlessness. It's going to get meaner and meaner. People's going to do you wrong. They're going to do you dirty. They're going to hurt you. They're going to lie to you. They're going to steal to you. And in that, if you ain't real careful, your love's going to get cold. Go over there to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm not asking you to. I'm talking about later. Read down through that list of things and show me one thing in them five verses that is not caused by lack of love. Unthankful, unholy, lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. There's not one thing in that list of them five verses that is not caused by lack of love. That's where we're at today. Here in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse number 43, He said, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. He said, But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Can I read it again? But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may, why do we want to do all that? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Here's what we don't realize. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do you not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? I'll say that like this. It's easy to love somebody that loves you back. That's not hard to do. Boy, I tell you tonight, you want to you wanna be full of love. You start loving them that don't love you. You start loving them with the love of God. The night my little girl passed away, the night we came back from the emergency room after we'd held our little girl for four hours till her little body got cold and the funeral home came and took them out of our arms and said, we've got to take her. That night, it was probably a 30-minute ride from the hospital to our house. It seemed like hours. That night, when we got home to our little little one-bedroom apartment we lived in, that night, in my little living room, there was some people there. The pastor of our church, where I hadn't been in years, Kenny and Donna Ball, they was there. 
a former pastor of Sweet Gum, Jack and Linda Millsaps that I had not seen in years was there. He was pastor when I was probably about that big. My best friend that I had not been around in years because of the way I was living and it separated me and him, Coy Adams. He was there. His first cousin, Jonathan Adams, who had just got right with God and on fire for God, Coy had just started preaching. They were both fire. Gary Jones, he sat right here before. Adult Sunday school teacher at Sweet Gun. He was there. My mom and daddy that I had mistreated so badly. But I had done so wrong because of the way I was living. There were people there that night that I had actually cursed. People there that I'd actually told them to leave me alone. I don't want nothing to do with you or that church. I ain't proud of these things. But there that night, in my darkest hour, in my weakness, in my hurt, in my pain, in my despair, they came and they showed me the love of God. Even though I hadn't been showing it to them, I wasn't easy to love at that time in my life, was I, honey? That little woman right there, I thank God for her. She's loved me when I was unlovable. I thank God for her mom and daddy. I've done things back then that if somebody does my little girl that way, you'll have to pray for me. They stuck with us through that. And I'm standing before you tonight and I didn't know how this was going to go. But I promise you one thing. That it was the love of God through His people that made the difference in my life. Now if you think tonight that our love life ain't important. If you think the way that we're loving people ain't important. If you think tonight that your love life between you and God ain't important, I promise you it is. And when you get it right, you'll get this right. And if you're here tonight and you've never been saved, I can promise you one thing. You ain't got a love life. You don't know nothing about the love of God. But maybe you're here and you have been saved and you're just a long way from where you need to be. I'm glad to tell you tonight there's room at the cross. Ain't that beautiful tonight? I walked in and my breath was taken away. You know what? I heard it. I believe Mr. Blanton made that. Is that right? You know what that was? A labor of love. And that's beautiful. And that's just a picture. That's just a symbol of the cross that our Savior hung on. But here tonight, there's room at the cross.
I feel like I've minded the Lord, so I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to pray. It's entirely between you and the Lord. You mind God tonight.